God on high stepped down into time and wrote the story of his love for everyone. He has filled our hearts with wonder so that we always remember you and I are made to worship you and I are called to love you and I are forgiven and free for you and I embrace surrender you and I choose to believe you and I will see we were meant to be All we are, and all we have, is all a gift from God that we receive. When we're brought to life, we open up our eyes to see the majesty and glory of the King. He has filled our hearts. Open to me, 
the gates of righteousness. I will, I will go, go into them, them, and I will praise the Lord. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have, we have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for, for he is good. For his, his mercy endureth forever. Let's join together in singing that great hymn of the faith, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. If you're at home and want to stand while we sing this, I invite you to do so. Let's worship our Lord together. Just a couple of special announcements uh, 
for this coming week. Um, there is no children's ministry this afternoon. We need to be praying for our director of children's ministry. She was in an auto accident uh, this past week, and so she's not feeling 100%, and she just asked if she could take the day off. So let's be praying for her and uh, thinking about her and her husband uh, both experienced that. So uh, no children's ministry this uh, afternoon. Next Sunday, I am taking the Sunday off. Not completely. I'll be here, but I will not be preaching. Now, if I hear a bunch of hallelujahs and I see those on our uh, Facebook page, are there any? Not yet? Okay, good. <laughs> Everybody's excited. Woo! Carlos will be uh, preaching next Sunday. He's very excited about that. Aren't you, Carlos? Thumbs up. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and we're going to do something special because Carlos's time with us is coming to an end. The summer is finishing up. He'll, he asked if he could stay a couple extra weeks, and I said, okay. So um, he'll be with us a couple extra Sundays in August. But next Sunday, we plan to do a Zoom meeting after the worship service. So what that means is we'll provide a Zoom link, and if you would like to kind of have that fellowship time that we've been missing so much, uh, hang out, find that Zoom link, hit on that, and we'll be able to see each other and have a conversation together. So that will be uh, immediately after the service. I have my laptop here at the church, and so I'll just start it right from here, and we'll go uh, directly from that. Make sure you have your coffee and your donuts or cookies or whatever you like to have for that. And finally, I just want to thank all of those that continue to support our church and uh, we're having people actually bringing offerings in and dropping them into our box. So we really appreciate that. People are mailing things in and people are connecting online and using the online giving. That is supporting this ministry here in Southern California. Uh, it's supporting our staff. We really, really appreciate that and want to continue to do the good work for our God here in the heart of Orange County. And uh, if you'd like to do that now during this time, uh, Kyle's going to lead us in a wonderful offertory called I Am Alive.
to reopen so that they can have worship. And this really causes me to scratch my head because uh, I'm concerned about the health of our church members. I'm concerned about not causing any problems for our church members. I, I kind of consider that to be loving my neighbor as myself and seeking what's best for my neighbor. So I try to look out for that. Pastors, of course, they want to see their congregations, and I myself do too. I want to see people. I, I see you here, and I love that uh, you are here and participating in the worship service. Oh, I see that I've lost my line here. But I can see people's uh, names here on the side. Even people that are not members of the church are coming by and seeing us. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, but I miss seeing people face to face. I miss seeing you all. Um, pastors are, are nervous about losing members. Uh, I think that virtual attendance is maybe two-thirds of what regular attendance is in regard to their church members. Interestingly enough, numbers are higher with the virtual service. More people are tuning in, but less from the actual church. And of course, you know, pastors have to think about these things too. The bottom line is kind of hurting too. Most churches are giving, are receiving about 50% of what they normally receive during the year. So there's some very real concerns. But here's the thing. When we demand to have our worship experience, what are we saying? Who is that for? We are very dangerously uh, treading on a line where worship has become an idol where we begin to worship, worship, rather than worshiping God. And so in this sermon series that we're on right now, when we're talking about uh, being the church beyond these walls, outside of the walls of the church, what does it look like to be in worship outside of the church? I mean, we all think about us coming to church to worship, but what does it mean to worship God beyond these walls. <laughs> really, realistically, God doesn't need our worship. God's fine. He's okay. He doesn't need us to worship him. Uh, the psalmist says that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to our Lord. God doesn't need anything from us. Worship is really for our own benefit. Uh, Kyle said it very well in that song. When I praise, when I worship, I'm we experience the Spirit of God when we worship. So it is for our benefit. At the core of who we are, we are created to worship. We are made to worship. In fact, the Westminster Catechism, probably the key catechism for our faith, the foundation of our faith, the Westminster Catechism begins with the question, uh, let me make sure I get it right, what is the chief end of humankind. What is our main goal? What is our purpose here on life, in life, on this earth? And the answer is humankind's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We were meant to glorify God. That's what we were created to do. That's our chief end, our main goal, our purpose here on this earth. It's funny, when we look at the Old Testament, every encounter that God 
uh, when humans experience God's presence, it's a holy moment. Uh, they experience worship without even trying. When Moses saw the burning bush, he said, uh, or God spoke and said, Moses, remove your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. The very ground, that was a, that was a mountaintop. That was dirt, but it was made holy because of the presence of God. And Isaiah, when he saw the presence of God, what, what did he see? He saw the seraphim, the, the angels, winging their way around the throne of God and calling out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. His glory. And the Psalms are filled with examples of people called to worship and praise God. And we're called to worship God with singing, with shouting, with playing of instruments, every single instrument that was available back then, and now we add on all the new instruments today. We're to worship God with dancing, with clapping. Uh-oh, wait, we're Presbyterians. We're going to take that verse out. No clapping. <laughs> with laughter, with joy, we're supposed to worship God with all of our beings. Listen to what uh, the psalmist says. In Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So wait, when? When will he bless the Lord? At all times. I will continually, continually praise my God. Not just on Sunday or for the psalmist, Saturday. Not just on Sunday when we're in worship. All the time, every day. What does that look like? To be in worship all the time, continually praising God. <laughs> this past Thursday, we had our pastor's Bible study, and I called it, um, this past week, I called it Christmas in July, because we looked at Luke chapter 2, and Luke chapter 2 is the nativity story, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And after Jesus was born, the angels show up to the shepherds, and they announce the birth of Jesus and tell them where to go to see this new infant born, uh, a gift to the world. And then all the angels show up, the multitude of angels of the heavenly hosts. And what do they say? The first thing that comes out of their mouth, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. Catch that? The chief end of humankind is to glorify God. Their first words as a chorus was glorify God in the highest. And then the shepherds went into Bethlehem. They saw the baby. They met Joseph and Mary. And uh, they explained everything that had happened and what the angels had said to them. They were so excited. And then when they left, Scripture says they left glorifying and praising God. So you see, they weren't in a church building. The angels were not in a church building to worship. They were in the fields of Bethlehem, out on the hillside. And the shepherds weren't in a church building worshiping and praising God. They were on the road going back to their sheep. But they were continuing to worship and praise God. Years later, when Jesus was an adult, uh, near the beginning of his ministry, he was traveling with his disciples and they stopped in Samaria 
at a well, and the disciples left Jesus, and Jesus started talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and they have an interesting conversation. It's worth reading sometime in John chapter 4. But at one point, the, G, the woman recognized that Jesus was a prophet, and so she wanted to ask Jesus. The Samaritans worshipped God in one place, the Jews worshipped God in another place. So, so she said, we worship God here, you worship God there. Who is right? Where's the right place to worship God? And you know what Jesus said. He said, God is spirit. Those who worship him worship in spirit and in truth. What Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters where your spirit is and where your mind is. You worship in spirit and in truth. She wanted to put God in a box. Is God in this box or in this box? And Jesus says, you can't put God in a box. He's way bigger than that. At one point in his ministry, a lawyer came up to Jesus and he said, so tell me, he wanted to test Jesus. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus, which is the most important? Which one should I follow 100%? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. That's the most important thing. According to Jesus, <laughs> that's the most important thing. And worship is our expression of love to God. When we sing hymns of worship and when we sing praise songs, those are love songs to God. Do you, do you think about that? I mean, have you ever sung a love song to the person that you are in love with? Then what does that look like when we sing worship and praise to God. Are you imagining Jesus sitting in front of you? Are you singing to him? I love you, Lord. That's how our attitude should be. That's when we worship God in spirit and in truth. In fact, sometimes you'll hear a worship leader say Jesus' name in the middle of a worship song. That's for us to get our mind set on the fact that we're singing to Jesus, to put our focus and our attention on Jesus. In fact, when Jesus was here on earth, oftentimes he would do miracles and things, and he would say, I am here to glorify the Father. I am doing this not to glorify myself, but to glorify my Father. And he teaches his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. So Jesus is worshiping God all the time he is here. Paul writes to the Romans, and this is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hear the word of God. I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual service of worship. Did you catch that? Presenting our bodies, what we do with our bodies, to God as a sacrifice is a spiritual act of worship. What we do during the day is a spiritual act of worship. Paul goes on to say, and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We offer ourselves to God in an act of worship. Everything that we do should be meant to please God to put a smile on God's face. Not just Sunday mornings. We don't come to worship and uh, worship God for an hour on Sunday mornings in a building and we're set. God wants us every minute of every hour of every day. God is good all the time. And God is to be glorified all of the time and everywhere. Now, I know some of you are thinking, ah, oh, Lance, but we're supposed to go to church. I know there's a verse somewhere, I think it's in Hebrews, right? That says, don't neglect meeting together. So this is what that verse says. Let us, uh, from Hebrews chapter 10, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another and all the more as the day is approaching. Yes, Gathering together is important. Being in fellowship together is important. Worshiping together is important. Reading scripture together is important. And even though Jesus disagreed with the religious leaders of his day, he went to church every Saturday. Synagogue, right? The gathering place. He went to the synagogue, as was his custom. That's what Luke says. But the verse in Hebrews says, do not neglect our meeting together, but doesn't really mention the church. Doesn't mention a worship service. The author could have been talking about a local pub. I mean, I know some of you, I, know, I can name you by name. Some of you are sitting there in your living rooms going, amen, <laughs> the local pub, yes, <laughs> praise God. But uh, the early church, they didn't have beautiful buildings like we have today. The early church met in people's homes. And in Italy, they met in the catacombs. Those were tombs. They didn't have a nice organ down there. They had nice acoustics, I bet. But not a nice organ. But here's the thing. Later in Hebrews, the author says this. Through Jesus, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Continually. Not just one hour a week, but continually offer praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that gives thanks to his name. When you give thanks to God, continually, that is an act of worship beyond these walls. That's why I love Annie Lugo, a member of our church that has moved to Florida, but she was so amazing from Puerto Rico. And she would, anytime you'd see her, you'd say, hey, Annie, how you doing today? And she'd say, I'm doing well, thanks be to God. 
She's always throwing that thanks be to God. Why? Because she's always giving thanks to God. Continually on her lips. She's a dear woman and a woman of God. And that's what God desires for us. And that's one reason she's a, an alive person. Did we lose it? Lost it. David apologizes. We have a new camera person today, so and you probably just saw his face. <laughs> so David apologizes. He hit the button to switch the uh, camera there. So, um, so God bless you, David. We love having you here. <laughs> so um, here's the challenge for today. Um, you know, sometimes after Thanksgiving, we'll say Thanksgiving isn't just one day a year. Thanksgiving, we should be. Every day of the year should be Thanksgiving Day. And we say that at Christmas time too. You know, Christmas shouldn't be just one day a year. We should celebrate the birth of Jesus every day of the year. And we say it at Easter as well. Easter is not, shouldn't just be one day a year. Easter, we should be resurrection people every day of the year. So I want to say, don't limit worship to one day a week, one hour a week. We should be in worship all of the time. God's praise should be continually on our lips. We should be offering thanks to God all of the time. My point is this. Worship is not confined to one place or one time. Worship is who we are. Who we are made to be. What we are made to do. Last week we talked about the temple and that the church was the new temple of God, the presence of God, incarnational, that Jesus Christ took on flesh, and now the church is God in the flesh in the world. The week before, we talked about being a light. We are the light of the world. We're meant to bear that light into the world. Being that light, being incarnational, begins with worship. So I want to challenge you. We are the church. Wherever we go, the church goes with us. Do you get that idea? Wherever you go, the church goes with you because you are the presence of God. You represent the presence of God wherever you go. I mean, I want you to think about that. Wherever you go this week, when you walk into a grocery store, you walk in and say, this is the house of the Lord. I'm entering into worship. I have a friend who is a pastor. He talked about this in his own uh, church one time and talked about a, a sermon. And the next week, a guy came up, one of the members of his church, and he said, Pastor, you totally transformed my job. I am a bus driver. I drive municipal buses in the city. I'm generally pretty grumpy most of the time. But on Monday morning when I showed up to work and I opened that bus door, I walked in and said, this is the house of the Lord. His bus became the church. He said it transformed his attitude for the rest of the week because he was in worship while driving that bus. You get it? Whatever you're doing. So I want to encourage you 
Everywhere you go, be thinking about the presence of God is with you. When you enter a room, that room is transformed into the house of God, a house of worship. So whether you go into a grocery store, whether you are on social media, whether you're video chatting with friends or in Zoom meetings, imagine wherever you are, the house of God is with you. You represent the presence of God. And in whatever you say and whatever you do, do all things in worship, giving thanks to God. We are made to worship beyond these walls. The story is told of uh, Matt Redman. He's participating in a church in England. And the church started having issues. What have I done to myself? The church started having issues with uh, what we would call the worship wars. People were complaining about what songs they were singing and what worship they were doing. And here, set this here. Apologies. Try and get set up for this song here. People were having problems. I've told this story before, so those of you that have been at the church for a while know this story. But um, People were complaining. They wanted their songs. They didn't like certain worship leaders and everything. And, consumer uh, reality rather than actual true worship. You have turned worship into something that you want for yourselves, not for a love song to God. And so the pastor said, okay, for the next several months, we are not going to have worship at this church at all. There will be no music. You have set your taste in music above your relationship with Jesus Christ and above your relationship with one another. Can you imagine that? What if you went to church and there was no music? You would feel, well, why do I even come? Not for the pastor's sermon, certainly. <laughs> I know 90% of you come for the worship. So Matt uh, ended up, Matt's a great worship leader, and uh, he calls himself a lead worshiper, not a worship leader. And uh after that time where there was just silence, he wrote this song, and I thought it would be a great one to sing now. The Heart of Worship. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song 
for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Give endless words. No one could express how much you deserve. No one we can. single breath I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my Sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you.
PCSA. Let us go before God this morning, praying for our church and our world, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide your holy church, uniting us in love and in truth, so that through us, your glory may be revealed to the entire world, and lives may be changed by and for you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the, guide the people of this land and all the nations of this world, especially those in positions of power and authority, helping them to lead in justice and in peace, serving the common good. Lord, in your prayer, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Excuse me. Flourish and protect the welfare of this world, rid it of all diseases and pestilences, eliminate all traces and forms of hate, including racism and all other discriminatory and prejudicial isms. Give us reverence for all of your creation and help us to take care of the earth which you have entrusted us with. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless this city and all who are in it. Let your spirit dwell in every corner and street, in every home and building, in every situation and matter. Let Santa Ana be a city after your own heart. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless, comfort, and help those who find themselves in any trouble. Those who suffer or face trial in mind, body, and spirit, giving them courage, strength, and hope. We especially lift up Sandra Escoto, who recently experienced a car accident. Kim Kirkman's dad, who was hospitalized due to COVID-19. We pray, God, that you would heal his body, cure him of this disease. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the, the praise reports you've given us, like that of the Hurd family, who recently gave birth to their newborn baby, like Rocio Rosales, who overcame and has recovered from COVID-19, and all the others that we have stored away in our hearts, bringing us joy. Bestow upon us more praise reports that testify to your goodness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lastly, we commend all those that have passed into your loving and merciful arms, that your will for them may be fulfilled, so that we can look forward to one day sharing in your heavenly kingdom with them and all your saints again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We submit these things to you this day, Almighty God, in the precious and mighty name of Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll finish up with the hymn, uh, Praise My Maker, uh, hymn number 253, if you have the hymnal with you, and just notice what it says here, I'll praise my maker while I have breath, and when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler powers. In other words, as we praise God here on earth, it is preparing us to praise God for eternity. My days of praise shall ne'er be past while life and thought and being last, or immortality endures. Let us take this time to prepare ourselves to worship God in heaven for eternity.
praise God wherever you go. Wherever you go, God goes with you. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, shalom, wholeness, fullness of life, both now and forevermore. Amen.